Hi, and welcome to the Rabin New Testament Church podcast. You are about to hear a powerful message. We hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this message today. Good evening, uh, New Testament Church, on this beautiful Wednesday night. It's good to be here in the house of God and uh, feeling the presence of God. And uh, as we come to you on the live uh, stream again, we just love you, appreciate you, and uh, continue to pray for one another. And we, we need to hold up one another in prayer. We've seen our God uh, move today. Our brother, we got a good report on him this evening. At, uh, he went through his surgery good and uh, just a very small amount of infection. Uh, but God intervened. And I want you to continue to pray for him that God will help him endure the pain that he's going to have to go through. And also, little Allie today, we need prayer for her today. And got a lot more that we need prayer for uh, today. And we want you to continue to pray. You know, the Bible says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And God said, I will raise them up. Uh, shall raise them up. Let me get that right. But God will do it if we'll pray. And the prayer of faith is simply this. Uh, uh, amen. Believing that God still hears and answers prayer. And I believe tonight God still hears and answers prayer. But let's continue to pray for those sick with the coronavirus and uh, continue to pray for not only them, but their families are suffering also. Continue to pray for them as well. Pray for the leaders of our country, our doctors and medical staff. Uh, workers and all that tonight. Let's just hold them up in prayer. And that's what's going to get us through here. Prayer can change things in a hurry. Amen. And I believe prayer is going to change this situation if we continue to pray. It's trying times for the church. It's testing times for us as being the church. Uh, amen. But I tell you what, if we'll continue to pray, continue to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, I guarantee you we're going to come through. Uh, amen. Flying colors tonight. But I appreciate you and thank God for you tonight. We're going to start the service off. Sister Morgan's going to be singing first. She's going to sing Shout to the Lord. Now, uh, church, uh, you at home tonight, so get in with Sister Morgan and worship. Go ahead and worship. Uh, amen. He's at your home as well as he is here at the house of God. And we can worship God. We can have it. How many feel the Lord tonight? Uh, uh, praise God. We can feel him tonight and uh, have church tonight. Give it to Jesus tonight. You got a need tonight? Give it to Jesus tonight. Uh, amen. You feel like praying? Fall on your knees. You feel like shouting, shouting. Feel like running all over your house. The Holy Ghost gets a hold to you. Would you please do it? Will you be obedient unto the Holy Ghost? Uh, I believe that's what God wants us to do tonight. Amen. We're just not gathering here just to gather. We gather here to worship God. And I hope you at home are doing the same thing. We're sending these uh, songs out uh, of praise and worship for you tonight at home as well. And we want you to reach out and touch the Lord. Praise God. May God richly bless you. Sister Morgan, would you sing please?
Praise to 
Praise God. Let's give him praise, church. Can somebody give him praise tonight? Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. Think about it. At that name of Jesus, when you speak it, things happen, don't it? Uh, uh, praise God. Uh, them old two preachers, when they passed by, what did they say? Silver and gold, we don't have any. Uh, oh, but in the name of Jesus, uh, rise up and walk. Amen. What happened? That man, uh, the Bible says his ankle bones immediately received strength. At that name. And Peter reached down, picked him up, and he ran to the house of God, a praising and a worshiping God. Oh, my, my. And we got access to that name. We got a blood bought right to that name tonight. And thank God we do, because it's a powerful name. It's a name that is above all names tonight. And we can call upon him now. How many believe you can call upon him, church? I believe it, don't you? Praise God. I want you to worship as Sister Megan comes. Uh, uh, praise God and Sister Kim comes and they're going to sing Blessed Be Your Name. Praise God. Blessed be your name. 
good singing. Praise God. His name is to be blessed, right? Praise God. I believe right now, if you've got something that's uh, wrong with you right now, I believe if you've got something wrong with your body, in your body right now, in your finances right now, in your spirit right now, I believe uh, with all my heart that if you'll call upon that lovely name, that's what they've been singing about here for the last two songs, uh, the lovely name of Jesus. And if you'll call upon that name, uh, uh, praise God, uh, touch whatever you listen to this service with, the television or either you're looking at it through the television vision or your phone. I believe if you'll touch that phone, amen, and, uh, and uh, in the name of Jesus, claim your healing, uh, claim your need right now. I believe you can have it tonight. I believe you can have your miracle that you've been desperately needing uh, uh, right now. If you'll do that, I'll get it under God because I'm trying to obey God, obey the voice of God, obey the leading and guidance of the Holy Ghost, and I believe if you'll do that, amen, uh, God, uh, you can receive your healing tonight. Praise God. Whatever you're watching this service on, I believe the Holy Ghost is right here. I believe the Holy Ghost can go through these airwaves and touch you right now and work out your situation, your circumstance, heal your body, and do wonders in your life right now. Uh, praise God. If you're lost, uh, amen, you need to kneel down right now and cry out to the Lord and let him save you right now because the Holy Ghost is moving upon you right now. The Spirit of God is drawing you right now to get saved and filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. And if you'll do it, amen, call up on that lovely name, I can guarantee you he'll save you tonight. He'll heal you tonight. He'll work your finances out. He'll do a miracle for you tonight. Amen. That miracle that's been in the making for you for so long, you can have it tonight if you'll accept it in the name of Jesus tonight. Praise God. How many feel the Lord tonight? Give him praise tonight. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brother Kobe's coming now to sing Redeemed. Praise God. Seems like all I could see was the struggles Haunted by ghosts that lived in my past Bound up in shackles of all my failures you look at this prisoner and say to me son stop fighting a fight it's already been won I am redeemed you set me free so I'll shake off the heavy chains wipe away every stain now I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed I'm redeemed all my life I have been called unworthy of 
my shame and regret But when I hear you whisper Shall lift up your head I remember, oh God You're not done with me yet I am redeemed You set me free So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. Now I'm not who I used to be, because I don't have to be the old man inside of me. Cause his days is long dead and gone, because I've got a new name, a new I'm not the same And I hope that will carry me home Cause I am redeemed You set me free So I'll shake off these heavy chains Wipe away every stain Now I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed, you set me free, so I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain, now I'm not who I used to be, oh God, I'm not who I used to be. Jesus, I'm not who I used to be Cause I am redeemed I'm redeemed and Thank God redeemed Amen Amen. I know about 10 of us in here ain't, ain't what we used to be. We've been redeemed, right? Amen. We're free tonight. Praise God. How many feel the presence of God? Without further delay, we're going to turn it over to Brother Tony. Brother Tony's coming to, to uh, feed us with the Word of God. Would you stretch your hands uh, out and ask God to uh, uh, bless Brother Tony tonight? Heavenly Father, God, we ask you to bless Brother Tony tonight, God, to feed us that encrafted Word of Almighty God, Lord. We know what the Word of God is. Praise God. It's bread uh, for our souls tonight, both physically and spiritually and financially tonight, God. And God asked you to bless my brother, anointing God, touch his throat, God. Touch him, Lord, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God. Help him preach under the anointing and leadership of the Holy Ghost tonight, God. We give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Tony. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Bubba, and uh, wonderful song. So I don't know. Uh, I hope and pray y'all could feel the anointing uh, through that live stream and uh, or listening later on, whatever it may be. Because uh, I felt the Spirit of God uh, from the moment Morgan began to sing uh, that song, Shout to the Lord. And as Kim and Jacob Megan sang, Blessed Be Your Name. And Colby, uh, they are redeemed. Amen. The God uh, uh, was certainly in the midst of us and anointing in the presence of the Lord was with us. And uh, amen. I know he touched me and I thank God for that. Because uh, I tell you what, I've got, the, uh, uh, I got that 
got a feeling just want to be in the presence of God, be in God's house, be in church, and uh, be a part of what God is doing. And uh, it feels good, amen, to be back in God's house and, uh, and to feel God's presence and power and anointing. And uh, I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing like it. Uh, there ain't nothing in this world that's more important to me uh, than being in the presence of God and being uh, where he wants me to be in my life. And uh, I'm going to pick up tonight. I, I got a simple subject I'm going to talk about uh, real quick tonight. On the, the title of the message is simply Reset. Reset. And so I began to think about when I was, when I was young growing up, uh, Brother Colby, we had, uh, we had video games back then, but it wasn't anything like what you got. Uh, today, I started out on something called an Atari. I think it was an Atari 2600, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I remember a few games I had Pitfall and Laser Blaster and uh, some of these things. And I, I used to enjoy that. And, uh, you know, I'd sit around and play that game a lot. And uh, later on, I guess I graduated to Nintendo. Not, not anything like you got today again, but uh, uh, the old style, the original Nintendo. With, the original Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt and all that kind of thing, right? Uh, but uh, as I began to play those games, even the Atari and all those through, and um, every once in a while those games would mess up, right? There were little cartridges, and you had to you had to plug them in or you had to put them in and slide it down, whatever the case was. And and uh, every once in a while that thing would glitch or it would mess up or something would happen. But they had a little button on there called the reset button. Yeah. And if, you, if, if something happened and the game wasn't working quite right or something wasn't happening or maybe, maybe you'd lost too many lives and you knew you weren't going to make it to the win, end and win the game, you could hit the reset button and go ahead and start over right from the beginning. And it would go back and start over from the very beginning uh, of that thing. And so I began to think about uh, this, this idea of the reset button and resetting. And, and even our modern computers, I, my computer that I have for work, um, one of the most powerful computers I've ever had in my life. But every once in a while, that thing will mess up. It's not perfect. Uh, and so it'll glitch, it'll freeze up, it'll do all kind of uh, crazy things. And uh, uh, every once in a while, I'll have, to, I'll have to do something because it's just frozen up so bad. It's, it's, uh, things are happening, you know, too many things. I'm trying to run too many things at one time. I got too many programs going. Uh, the RAM, they call it, right? The random access memory. The RAM's all messed up. And uh, uh, got too much stuff going, too many things at one time. Maybe uh, we can download files sometimes accidentally or we can get the wrong kind of email and click on the wrong link. Uh, next thing we know, we got a virus, right? And we got stuff going on, computers going crazy, uh, all of those kind of things. Um, and, and you get this, uh, if you've ever seen it before, but most of the time you get this little circle and it just spins. And you just sit and watch it spin and spin and spin, and you're wondering, Lord have mercy. It's done that a few times while I'm getting this live stream ready. That little thing will sit there spinning. You go, my, my Lord, is it ever going to start? Is it ever going to do what it's supposed to do? Uh, you know it's bad when you get the blue screen, right? The blue screen comes up. That's bad news. That's, uh, uh, that, that's time to call, call in somebody that knows what they're doing, right? Uh, we don't want to do those things. But the, our computers, even our computers, they give us some options on things that we can do, just like those old Nintendos and Ataris, and I'm sure things that today still have those kind of reset buttons. Our computers have three things that we can do. You can either log out, you can shut down, or you can restart. That word restart there is kind of the same idea of reset, right? And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about uh, tonight. And I begin to think about how this applies to our lives and to our Christian walk. Um, sometimes we find ourselves in, in crisis moments. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed. There's no, there's no white space left on the calendar, if you know what I'm talking about. It's so filled up with things and we're so busy uh, that uh, there's really no time for anything else. We're, we're trying to do too many things at one time. Our, our brains run out of RAM. They run out of memory. Uh, they run out of a capability to 
process anything else. Our heads feel like that little spinning circle sometimes, right? It's just keep going around and around and around. Sometimes, too, we can download the wrong information into our lives and into our minds and into our hearts by the things that we watch, by, by the things that we listen to, uh, by the entertainment choices that we make and the things that we do in this life. Uh, and spiritually, if we're not careful, we can allow our lives to be infected with the sins of this world and sins of this life. And what happens as a result is that our spiritual condition begins to suffer. We begin to pull away from God. We begin to pull away from the church. We begin to pull away from other people. Our spiritual condition begins to deteriorate. We find ourselves in this condition, or when we find ourselves in this condition, excuse me, just like our computers, I believe we have three choices that we can make on how we're going to respond. We can log out, we can shut down, or we can reset. I mean, I want to talk about those things tonight. People, I want to talk about people, first of all, who log out. People who log out want to distance themselves from the problem. Right? When you log out from your computer, you're disassociating your login information with that computer. Nobody else can come behind you and log on with your stuff unless they know it, right? Uh, but your password, your user information is gone. You've disassociated yourself from that particular computer and that thing. The same things can happen in our own lives. We can distance ourselves or disassociate ourselves from people around us and the things that are going on. We can th Those kind of people who, who log out, they, they check out, right? Uh, they don't want to admit they have a problem in their life. They want to find some way to mask it or justify it. They think if they focus on someone else's problems, they'll feel better about themselves. They may still come to church, but they're not engaged. Their prayer life is not what it once was. Their Bible study is almost non-existent. There are a few glowing embers, but no fire, no spiritual hunger, no desire for the things of God. They have a form of godliness, but there's no power. There's no substance. They look to everything else in the world to feel the sense of emptiness in their soul except the one thing that they need, and that's Jesus. People who shut down, they completely disconnect from others and from God. So now when you shut down your computer, you're, you're basically cutting the power. You can say a lot of times the, the running joke is at work, our IT department, if you call the, if you got a problem and you call them, the first thing they're going to say is, did you turn it off and turn it back on? <laughs> did you shut it down, right? Uh, and a lot of people shut down. They completely disconnect the power source, uh, which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost from their lives because they've gone so far and, they, and they've allowed these things to, to bring them away from or take them away from God. They destroy relationships relationships in their lives. They become bitter and cynical. They lose their joy. They lose their peace. They just quit coming to church. Amen. Or when they are at church, they might as well be 100 miles away. Their hearts are far from church. Their hearts are far from God. And they blame everyone and everything else except the one thing that they need to, and that's themselves. But God has given us another option, I believe. When we hit crisis moments in our life, when we go through things and we face struggles and trials and tribulations and we go through things that, that I think God sends sometimes um, purposefully to shake us up, 
right? To, to, to bring us back to our senses, to realize, I mean, you've got too much stuff going on uh, that, that really doesn't matter. It's not, you're not building up for yourselves treasures in heaven like I told you to do. You're too worried about the things of this world and the things of this life that are more important to you than your relationship with me. That's what God is saying. And he's saying, I'm giving you an opportunity. I'm going to shake you up just a little bit. I might have to send a little bit of a storm to your house, right? I might have to send a little Job situation, amen, to your house. I might I'd have to have some things go through your life in order to get you to the point to realize that you need to hit the reset button in your life. It's time to start over again on some things in your life. What did the Bible say at the end? He said, uh, you've left your first love. Go back and do your first works over again, right? Sometimes we have to do that. I believe we can hit the reset button and we can start over. And I want to look at an example of that from the Word of God tonight. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to John chapter number 21. And we're going to stay there tonight. I'm going to read several verses, not all of the chapter, but a good portion of it. We're going to start in verse number one there, but uh, I want to read through this story, and you know it, it's very familiar, but I want, to, I want to look what God did in Peter's life. John chapter number 21, I'm going to read verses one through three to begin. Verse one says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Now, I didn't do this. I did this really quickly in my head. I think I came up with seven uh, disciples that are there, including Peter, if I did it right. If not, you can correct me later. Verse number three, though, says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night nothing. You see, this, this story happens after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, but before his ascension. This is that 40-day period of time where Jesus, after his resurrection, walked on the earth he appeared to his disciples many times. In fact, John tells us a little bit later, this is the third time that Jesus had appeared unto his disciples. Uh, and so where we find ourselves is, is in the place where, um, if, if, if anything, his disciples should have been uh, binding together and praying and, 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 and trying to get to a place where God wanted them to be. They had gone through a great crisis moment, right? Uh, their rabbi, their teacher, Jesus Christ, the one that they had followed for three and a half years, they watched him do all these miracles. They watched him raise the dead. They watched him uh, do all these mighty miracles and mighty things. And he kept trying to tell them over and over again, I must go. Go away. In other words, I, I must be crucified. I'm going to be given into the hands of sinners. I'm going to have to go to the cross and die, but I'm going to be raised again on the third day. But they didn't understand it because if you remember, I mean, Peter rebuked him one time and said, Lord, I mean, no, not so. I mean, you're not going to have to go through this. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. I mean, so the disciples really didn't understand, really didn't know what Jesus was trying to do and trying to accomplish. And so they find themselves in a crisis moment after Jesus's death. Right? They're in a place where um, they feel like, wh where do we go from here? What's next? Our, our leader is gone. Jesus is gone. Uh, what do we do now? Even though he had, he had met with them. And so Peter here is having a crisis moment. And I believe at this point in time, he had already logged out. He has started disconnecting himself, right? And he is starting to shut down, <laughs> spiritually speaking. He had followed Jesus for three and a half years. 
He had watched Jesus as he was arrested. He was there that night. He followed it at a distance, the Bible says, as Jesus was falsely accused. He denied that he knew Jesus' name three times that night before the rooster crowed. And he watched as Jesus was crucified. So it seemed like the end, right? Game over, right? Where do we go from here? So Peter says, I'm going to go back fishing. Before this, that's exactly where Jesus found Peter. On the seashore, tending the nets. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. See, Jesus put a calling on Peter's life three and a half years prior to this. But Peter, all he had known up until that point in his life was fishing for fish. That was his life. That's what he grew up doing. And so when he feels this crisis moment, when this hits his house, he begins to log up, begins to shut down. He says, I'm going to go back to the one thing that I know how to do. I know how to fish. I know how to do this thing. And he says, I'm going to go back to fishing. The problem was Jesus had not called Peter to be a fisher of fish. Jesus called Peter to be a fisher of men. But what Peter was essentially saying is that he was going back to his old life. He was shutting down. He felt like the call of God on his life perhaps was over. So he decided to go back to what he knew. That's three and a half years ago on the seashore when he first met Jesus. Some of us perhaps, for us, this COVID-19 experience is a crisis moment. I want to rephrase that statement. And I'm going to clarify as I finish this message. I hope and pray for a lot of people that are out there today that this COVID-19 experience, spiritually speaking, is a crisis moment. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Maybe it's what we're going through right now. Maybe it's other events that's happened in your life recently. Maybe it's a combination of all these things. Maybe it's the past few days, the past few weeks, the past few months, even the past few years. It just seems like nothing goes your way. It seems like everything you put your hand to fails. It seems like nothing seems to go your way, and, and you're beginning to log out. You're beginning to disengage from the things of God. Your relationship with God is getting weaker. Your prayer time is getting less. You don't open your Bible and read it anymore. You, can, you can't make it broadcast or one live stream service without being distracted by something else of this world or something else of this life. Everything else has your heart. Everything else has your attention. Everything else has your devotion except God. Some of you, perhaps, if you're listening, maybe you've already shut down. Maybe you started shutting everybody out of your life that you used to associate with. It was godly that, that, that put positive things into your life and you begin to dissociate from those things you're bitter you're angry at everything and everyone and you're trying to build yourself up by tearing everybody else down Come on now. if so it's time for a reset Jesus gave Peter a reset in the middle of his crisis moment let's pick back up at verse number four and I'm gonna read uh, a big chunk of scripture here, but you read along with me. We're going to try to put it on the screen if you're following along there, but uh, if not, follow along in your Bibles. We're going to pick up at verse 4, and we're going to read down through verse 17. I'm going to read this fairly quickly because uh, we're going to focus on the last few verses here. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto, unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. 
They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, 153. Uh, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. Yes. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. What I'll focus on is these last three verses, 15, 16, 17. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Jesus asked Peter a series of three questions. The first question in verse 15 is, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? Now, there's so much in these verses, I'm not going to get to it all tonight. But I want to pick up on a few things here. Notice that Jesus does not refer to him as Peter. I think that's significant. If you remember, Jesus is the one that kind of changed his name, right? Uh, his name was Simon, uh, and Jesus uh, told him at one point there, he said, now you're going to be called Peter, which means a, like a little stone. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe what he was saying is Jesus was saying, I am the rock. I am the chief cornerstone. You're the little stone, and I'm going to use you. I've got a plan and a purpose and an assignment for your life, and, and you're going to be a little stone, and I'm going to use you to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against this church, amen, that I'm going to build through you and through others and through the other disciples and apostles, amen. And he says, he refers to him here, though, not as Peter, but as Simon, the same name that he would have known him as three and a half years ago. Son of Jonah. Now, in your King James Bible, it is J-O-N-A-S. But if I'm, if I'm correct on this, the Greek translation of that is essentially Jonah, the same name as the Old Testament prophet uh, that we talk about that was swallowed by a great fish and spit out on dry land. Uh, it's referring to him. Obviously, his father's name was, was Jonah. But there, there seems to be almost a connection here because if you remember the story of Jonah, right, God had an assignment and a purpose and a plan for his life. But Jonah ran from that, right? He logged out. He, he shut down. He said, no way. I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm not going to preach the gospel to those people, right? And God had to send a crisis moment, amen, to Jonah in his life to wake him up to realize, uh, amen, that he needed to reset 
reset his life and he needed to start over. He needed to go back to what God had called him to do. Amen. And I believe he's saying the same thing here. Amen. Trying to get across, amen, to us. Amen. There's a crisis moment going on in Peter's life here and he's trying to get him to reset. But he says, Jesus asked Peter this question, lovest thou me more than these? So the first question I want to ask when I read that is, what is these? What does the word these refer to? Most people, most scholars and commentaries that you read will say that the these refers to the other disciples. And that makes a lot of sense because if you read Matthew chapter 26, verse 33, Peter makes a bold declaration and says, Jesus, I love you more than all these other disciples, right? He had made this bold. Peter was bold. He was zealous. Amen. He was on fire. Amen. But he, his mouth got him in trouble every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, he said, so I think Jesus is bringing this back to his remembrance. Remember what you said, Peter? You said back then that you loved me more than all of these. Do you more than all these? Do you truly love me? And when Jesus used the word love, and we got to understand uh, our, our New Testament Bible was originally written in Greek, not, not English, right? Uh, and so in the Greek language, there are multiple words for love. And we know a few of them. A few of them are very familiar to us. And probably the most familiar word uh, of love in the Greek language to us is agape. And agape love is that godly kind of love. It's perfect love. It's unselfish love. I mean, it's, you can't get any better than agape love. It's, it's not any better. When Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son in John 3, 16, the word he used there for love was agape. It's that God kind of love. And when Jesus asks Peter here this question, he says, Simon, son of Jonas, do you agape me more than these? Now, I wonder, too, if Jesus wasn't kind of referring to what Peter was doing at the moment. Looking around at the food and the fish and the things that they had caught. Because Peter said, I'm going back fishing. I don't know about this other stuff right now. <laughs> I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to fishing for fish. I wonder if Jesus was looking around and saying, do you love me more than all this? Do you love me more than your past life? Do you love me more than your family? Do you love me more than anything else in this world? I believe that's what Jesus is trying to get the point across to him. He says, do you agape me? What is interesting here is when Peter responds in verse number 15, he says, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Peter could not use the word agape. He used another Greek word called phileo. It's the same word from where we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And that's really what phileo means. It's just friendly love. Like I love a, a friend or like I, I, I love uh, a, a coworker, or whatever the case may be, or, or a church member or whatever. It may not be particularly be close family or something like that. It's a brotherly love. It's love. But it ain't agape love. Jesus said, do you agape me? Peter says, yes, you know, Lord, you know I phileo you. He couldn't say it. He couldn't get to that point. Jesus asked, asked him two more times this question. The second time, Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? And again, Peter can't get to that level. He says, yeah, Lord, you know that I phileo you. The third time Jesus asked him this question, Jesus brought it down to Peter's level. He said, Peter, do you phileo me? 
And that's what Peter got upset. He said, yes, Lord, you know all things. You know what I think? I think Peter knew deep down in his heart that those, those, those bold statements that he had made way back then, oh, God, I, Jesus, I'll never forsake you. I will follow you to the very death. I love you more than all of this. Anything, I'll lay anything aside for you, Jesus. I wonder if Jesus wasn't taking this crisis moment in Peter's life to get him to realize, Peter, son, it's time to hit the reset button on your life. Regardless of what you said way back then, I know it's in your heart. And I know, and Peter knew, he could not look in Jesus' eyes and say that his love for him was perfect. He couldn't look at him and say, I agape you with a perfect love because he knew he had failed Jesus. Peter felt like a failure, probably like many of us would, when he was at the moment where Jesus Christ needed him the most. A young lady came by and said, your speech gives you away, Peter. You've been with Jesus, that, that man from Nazareth. You've been with him, right? You, you, you're one of his disciples. You're one of his followers. And he had to say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who this man is. Peter needed a reset moment in his life. But I want you to notice what Jesus' response was all three times. He was bringing Peter back to the calling that was on his life. He was calling him back to remember what the most important thing was or should be in his life at this moment. He said, feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you agape me? Yes, God, I phileo you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you agape me? Yes, Lord, I phileo you. Well, feed my sheep. Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me with, with at least a brotherly love? Is there, is there any love for me in your life? Feed my sheep. Amen. It was a call back, uh, amen, for Peter to go back to the beginning, uh, to restart over again, to hit the button, to hit rewind and say, amen, I got another chance to restart on this thing. I don't have to log out. I don't have to shut down. I don't have to quit. I don't have to back down. Amen. I'm still in this thing. Jesus still loves me. Amen. And he still called me what he's called me to do. Amen. What a powerful, powerful moment. Amen. In Peter's life, Jesus was trying to bring Peter's focus back to his purpose, the calling that was placed on his life to preach the gospel, to continue the ministry that Jesus has started. But in order for Peter to be in the position where he could fulfill his God given destiny, he had to be willing to hit the reset button on his life. No one, he had to be, he had, he had to be willing to admit he was wrong. I believe he had to repent. I believe he had to say, you know what? I failed. You know what? My love for you, Jesus, is not perfect. I got a lot of things to, to fix. I got, I got a long ways to go. I mean, I got, a lot of, I got some growing up to do. But Jesus, I'm willing to follow you. I mean, I, I think that's where Peter had to get. He had to get to the moment where it was decide, am I going to give up and quit? Am I going to turn away? Or am I going to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow my Savior? And I believe there's a lot of us that are in that same position today. And I believe that Jesus is giving us a chance and an opportunity for a reset right now. 
Maybe this COVID-19 is a way of hitting the reset button on our lives. I know I'm not, I'm not the first one to say that, and I won't be the last through this thing. And you're probably, probably a lot of them out there thinking, I wish we'd quit talking about and preaching about this thing. We're in the middle of this for a reason, folks. God has brought us here to this point, and he's allowed this to happen. God's hand has allowed this to happen for a reason and for a purpose. We've got to ask ourselves a question. What is that reason? What is that purpose? Maybe our calendars, I mean, if you think about it, our calendars, my calendar specifically, maybe not yours, but mine has, suddenly got a lot less busy. There's a lot more white space on my calendar than there used to be, Brother Bubba. We used to be running to softball practice and, and gymnastics and Daphne and back and forth and, and, and run through the house real quick, amen, to get here by 7 o'clock on Wednesday night for church and, amen, to get up the next morning and do it all over again, amen. Suddenly, my calendar has got a lot less busy. Instead of trying to cram one more thing into our day, we're now trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do with our time. Right? Some of us are bored out of our, our minds, right? We're, we're at our wits end. We're so, we're, we're so ready to get out and move around and do things again uh, because that's what we're used to doing. Uh, COVID-19 has taken away our ability to gather together in the fellowship the way we once did. COVID-19 has taken away our ability to meet in church and worship the way we once did. Is God perhaps trying to hit the reset button on the priorities of your life? Is he saying, since church was not that important to you, I'll take it away? Is he saying, since your personal, personal devotion time with me is not that important, I'll take away some of the idols in your life? Is he asking us this question, do you love me more than these? If Jesus were to ask you today, do you agape me? and you had to look Jesus in the eye, what would you say? Could you say, yes, Lord, I agape you. My whole heart, mind, soul, body, strength, everything that I am, God, I love you with every ounce and fiber of my being. God, there is not one thing in this world, there is not one thing in my life, there is not one thing in this universe that is more important to me than my relationship with you. I will not, I, I don't put anything in front of you or before you. Would you be able to say that? Probably most of us would not be able to say that with honesty. If Jesus were to ask you today, do you phileo me? How would you be able to respond to that question? What is your love for Jesus like? And what would you be able to answer if he were to ask you that question? I believe God is ready to hit the reset button on the world. I believe he's already doing it. I believe the world, I believe America, and I believe the church is in, it's almost like a pause. It's almost like Jesus, it's almost like God's hit the pause button. He said, I'm, I'm giving you some time to think about it. I know uh, different ones have sent different things and say it's like 40 days between uh, when the shutdown started and, and when April the 30th or May the 1st is coming. That 40 days is significant. Uh, it talks about uh, a time of a renewal, refreshing, coming out of the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness, and, and, and all of those things. And, and I don't know. I, mean, I know these things are extending on beyond uh, May the 1st, and it looks like we're going to May the 15th or uh, at least here in the state of Alabama. But uh, it's almost like God has hit the pause button to give us an opportunity to think and to clear our minds, Amen. 
and to clear our calendars and to clear everything else out of our lives so that when we come back into this thing, we hit the reset button and we're ready to, we're ready to serve the Lord. We're ready for church. We're ready to give God everything that we have, but we need to be prepared for that right now. Amen. It's almost as if God is, as I said, hit the pause button. He's given us time to, to, to get our lives and our priorities back in line to rediscover our love for him, to rediscover the place he, he has in our lives, the, the calling that he has on our lives, and discover what's truly important. When COVID-19 ends, and it will end, I promise you that, how will you respond? Are you going to remain logged out? Are you going to remain shut down? Are you going to remain in a lukewarm condition? Are you going to let the devil steal everything that God has given? He wants to say the end you and your spiritual life with Jesus. He wants to say, game over. But God is saying, you have another chance. Just like Peter, you can start again. You can hit the reset button on your life, spiritually speaking. Here's what I think. I believe that out of a reset will come revival. I'll say that again because I want, I want to be clear. I believe if you will truly, with a heart felt humble um, presence before God, truly come before him and say, God, I want to hit the reset button on my life. I've allowed things to enter into it. I've, I've allowed things to get in front of you. I've allowed things to be more important than, than coming to church or reading my Bible or praying with my kids. I've allowed everything in this world uh, to, to be my idol and to be the, the thing that I'm placing in front of you and, and in my relationship with you. And God, I am ready at this moment to hit the reset button on my life. And I'm ready to go back and do my first works over. I'm ready to go back, God, and find my love for you again. God, that, God let me work toward that phileo love, God, and move on to that agape love, God, where I can say, Truly with my whole heart, mind, soul, and everything that I am, I love you, Jesus. I believe he's saying to us, if we'll truly come to him and truly hit the reset button in our lives, spiritually speaking, I believe revival will come out of that. We've already said it. We've already said it. We've already preached it. Brother Bubba has preached it and preached it and preached it. Other preachers have preached it and preached it and preached it. If my people that are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land and will forgive their sin. Right. Right? If we want revival in our land, it's going to take a reset. Amen. Here's my prayer. My prayer is this. When we open up the doors of New Testament church again, and we will, Amen. the rapture don't take place between now and then, I can promise you that these doors Amen. will open again. Amen. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. When we open up the doors of this church again, my hope and prayer is that you will have already allowed God to hit the reset button on your life. I hope you hit it tonight. Amen. There are some of you out there listening right now that need to hit the reset button. Amen. I'm not saying this to be harsh. I'm saying this because I love you. Because I, I know there are some people tonight, amen, that, that, that truly need to hit the reset button on their lives. They need to reset the priorities of their lives. I mean, realign them back to where they need to be. My prayer is that we got so many people in here, we got to overflow into the fellowship hall. I'll run a big screen TV in there, amen, and a, and a monitor and a sound set, whatever we got to do, amen. I, I pray that we can't get enough people on these pews, uh, spread out six feet apart or not, uh, amen, that we got to overflow out of this place. Uh, it'll be all right if we have to open the doors and the windows and let them look in from the outside. Uh, my prayer is that your heart will be so in tune, amen, with God, amen, that you will, amen, want to be in God's house and want to be among his people. Amen. Not just Sunday morning. Y'all bear with me. I'm almost done, I promise. 
Not just Sunday morning. I'm going to give y'all a chance to say amen out there. Amen. I got a few right here in the church, but I'm waiting on some of y'all out there to say amen. Not just Sunday morning. Right. We got church around here on Sunday night and Wednesday night too. And I know we can't make it every service. And I know we work and I know we have things going on. But what is the priority of your life? Right. Amen. I don't have to tell you that. You know it already. Because Jesus is looking in your heart right now. And he's saying, do you agape me? You've already answered that question in your heart right now. Is Jesus truly, is God truly, is the church truly, is your relationship with him truly the most important thing in your life? Can you say that? My prayer is that not just Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever the case may be, revival services, whatever we have around here, that you'll be a part, be engaged. Uh, and be God is doing here. My prayer is that you take this opportunity to reset the spiritual fire in your soul, that you'll allow God to truly be the love of your life. My prayer is that opportunity to reset your mind. The Bible tells us that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds, to get rid of all the distractions, to delete all the downloads that have corrupted our minds and our hearts. See, I think it's an opportunity. What, what I don't want to see, this is what I don't want. This is not my prayer. I don't want to see a bunch of people who are so excited about church right now because we can't come here. And then when the doors are open back up, within a week or two of that happening, we drift back into the same old patterns that, that we used to be in. We get back, we get comfortable again. That's right, Pastor. And we fall right back into the same rut that we was in before this whole thing started. God did not send this to shake us up for two weeks. I believe God sent this, sent this to shake us up until the rapture. And I think we're that close. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen in this world. And I don't plan on being here during the Great Tribulation to see all the other things that are going to happen. I plan on leaving this planet, amen, and going to a heaven, amen, where Jesus is going to prepare a place for me. That's where I'm planning on going. I hope you are as well. Amen. I, I hope, and my hope and my prayer is that this experience tonight ignites a revival in our hearts. I pray we come out of this stronger than we've ever been. I pray we rise up and start truly being the church. I think for too many people for too long, we've been playing church, and we've not been the church. See, the church in these four walls and these pews and this pulpit and this carpet, I mean, it's nice, it's beautiful, and we love it, and we thank God for it. None of this is the church. You, I am the church. We are the church. And maybe God's shaking us up to say, do you realize, amen, it doesn't take these four walls and it doesn't take this roof for you to be the church. Amen. You're to be the church wherever you go. I mean, the, the, the worst thing we can hear sometimes is, well, that, that person, I mean, you get them away from church, they're not the same person uh, at work or they're not the same person in Walmart. Or they're not the same person somewhere else. Uh, as they are when they're in the church. Well, that, we're not, if that's the case, we're not being the church. And we need to hit the reset button on our lives. And we need to start over again. There's something wrong. I pray that revival breaks out over Rabin, Baldwin County, Scamby County, state of Alabama, United States, and the world. I've heard so many preachers and different prophets and diff different prophecies and things that have been spoken to, to say that they, they believe that there is a great awakening coming. That this, is a, this is a shaking. This is an awakening for the body of Christ. That there is a, Brother Bubba preaches this a lot, 
and he's drilled this into my head over the, over the, the 10 or so years that, I, that I've sat under him as pastor, that there is a field out there in this world that is white and is ready for harvest. I don't know of, of, of a more of a time in the history of the world or really in the history of my life, at least I'll say this, that there is a field out there that is so white. The harvest is ripe. It is ripe, Brother Bubba. It's time for an awakening and a revival in the church. And until we wake up, until we hit the reset button, until we get, until judgment begins at the house of God, until we get back on our knees and pray and seek God and get all the filth and nasty and junk out of our lives so that we can be the church, we'll never reach that harvest. I pray you'll get involved and get engaged in God's plan for your life here at New Testament Church. There are so many things that you can do. Boy, let me tell you, I, got, I could make a list right now. It's a long one of things that you can do. And I thank God for those of you who are, those who have stood with us and helped us through these times and been there for us and, and uh, uh, helped us out when we need it. I thank God for those that have prayed, even if you couldn't do anything else, you've been praying for us, you've been listening in, you've been doing everything. Thank you for what you've been doing. But there are so many things, there are so many opportunities for you here at New Testament Church. There's so many opportunities for you in the kingdom of God to do a work for him. Amen. Don't miss them. Get involved. Get engaged. Find out what can I do. I mean, Brother Boba, me and Brother Boba may not come to you and say, here's your job today. Amen. God's saying, take a little of initiative, pray and seek God, get in the word of God, and God will give you a job to do. Amen. I pray that you will decide to let the negative things of the past behind, leave them behind, and move forward for Christ. I pray that if you need it, you'll take this opportunity to re reset your relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Reset the priorities of your life. I know God laid this message on my heart. And I may not have got it across the way I had it in my mind, or maybe I missed some things, and maybe I was a little imperfect tonight in how I delivered it. But I hope I got it across to you tonight that I believe what God is doing right now in this pause moment is giving you an opportunity to hit the reset button on your life. Hallelujah. So that when you come back in these doors, or if you don't attend church or you're listening, when you go back to your church, your home church, or maybe you don't go to church right now. Maybe you've been sitting around, you've been saying, maybe you've been listening to services like this and you don't, you don't, you don't attend church regularly. This is an opportunity for you to hit the reset button on your life. Jesus loves you with an agape love. For God so loved the world. He so agape you that he gave his one and only son. And I, I remember some elders that their words will, in this, from this church, some elders and their words will never leave me. But one of them is, if I would have been the only one, Jesus still would have died for me. If I would have been the only sinner, Jesus still would have died for me. If you would have been the only sinner, Jesus would have died for you. Amen. And guess what? He did die for you. He agapes you. And all he wants in return is your love. He wants you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. He wants your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, your strength. You love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. All those two commandments sum up this whole thing. If you can't say those things tonight, will you hit the reset button on your life? Will you turn your heart and life over to Jesus Christ tonight? Will you surrender to him? Will you allow the, the filth and the downloads and the things that have corrupted your heart and mind and life? Would you allow God to take them, deliver you from those things tonight? I hope you'll do that. I'm going to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father.
As we close this service, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for the times, God, that, uh, like Peter, God, you've given me that second chance, God, when I didn't deserve it and I couldn't earn it. God, that you came back, God, again and a second time and a third time sometimes, maybe a fourth time even for me, God. And so many times that I've failed you, uh, like Peter, God. So many times that I've turned my back on you, God. So many times, God, that God, that I wasn't the person, the Christian, the man of God that I should have been, Lord. And I've, I've failed you so many times in my life, God. And I can't go back in the past and I can't fix any of those things. I can't correct them. I can't undo them. But God, but God when, when, I, when I'm in those moments... When I'm in that crisis moment, God, when I'm going through those areas of my life, God, you give us an opportunity to hit the reset button. God, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, we can hit the reset button. God, you can erase, God, all of the, God, all of the sins, God, and cast them as far as the east is from the west. God, we ask you, Lord, to give us a heart and a fire and a desire, God, to serve you like we've never had before. Let this be a revival and an awakening, God, in our hearts and our lives and our church and our community, God. Lord, let this be a shaking, God, for us at New Testament Church. God, if nobody else gets it, God, let us get it. God, if nobody else wants it, let us want it, God. If nobody else, God, cares about revival, God, let this church be one, God, that will care about revival, God, and care about what's going on in this world, God, and what's to come in the world, God, in the, in the age to come. God, we know you're coming back soon. God, we know the rapture is close. Help us to be ready. And until the next time we meet again, Lord, I thank you and praise you, God, for what you're going to do in our lives. Take care of us. Watch over us. Keep us safe. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor tonight. Thank you for checking in with us tonight, being with us, listening in. God bless you, and we'll see you, Lord's willing, Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a good message, Brother Tony. Great message. Amen. We certainly do. Brothers and sisters, we need to hit the reset button, don't we? I believe a lot of us has already hit the reset button. I believe it's got our attention. Praise God. If you hadn't done it, uh, you need to heed to this message tonight and hit it. Praise God. And let's get on fire for God and get to working for God. Amen. The Bible says we've got to work wise day for night cometh when no man can work. We need to join together, praise God, and work for God. Amen. I tell you, I just appreciate God. Appreciate the message tonight. Appreciate the, uh, the songs that were sung tonight. Appreciate the anointing. And I'd like to say tonight, thank God for Jesus. Uh, uh, praise God tonight. He, uh, God loved us enough to send his only begotten son, didn't he? Praise God. But I appreciate God tonight. Love him tonight. And uh, Hey, man, we're going to, Brother Tony said a while ago, we'll get back, we're working on getting back together. We'll get back together before it's over with here. Hey, man, just be patient with us and uh, be patient with God. Keep praying. Keep seeking the face of God. Uh, hey, man, keep crying out to God. As the brother said, you are the church. You are the church. Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you're the church. Hey, man, keep crying out to God. We love you and appreciate you. And if the Lord's willing, don't happen, we'll be back here Sunday morning. Uh, uh, pray. Praise God. But can we do one more thing before we, uh, hey, man, uh, 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 call it quits for tonight? Can we raise our hands all over the house and all over your houses and give God the praise tonight for this service? God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory. God, we give you honor, God, for this service tonight, God. Been a good service tonight, Lord. The word of God's been preached, God. The anointing has been here, God. God, you came down one more time and blessed us one more time at the house of God. Uh, pray you will bless all them out there at their houses tonight, God. The church out there tonight, God. It's home tonight in their homes tonight, God. I 
I pray if there be one lost soul, God, uh, hey, man, in, in their homes tonight, God, out there that uh, heard this message, God, that wants to kneel down and pray. I pray, God, the church will kneel with them and pray, God, and uh, hey, man, and pray with them that they'll receive salvation tonight, God. For everyone out there tonight that needs to be healed tonight, God, I pray, God, in their bodies tonight, God, they'll be healed tonight, God. I thank you, God, for the miracle you've done for my brother, God. I give you praise and glory and honor for it, God. And God, I ask you to touch him tonight. Lord, help him rest tonight, God. And those that's uh, uh, sick with this coronavirus and all them, God, we're continuing to pray, God. We're continuing to pray because we know a God that can, uh, that can heal tonight, God. And, and praise the Lamb of God. I just love you tonight. Appreciate you, God. Thank you, God, tonight for your love and for your mercy. Give you praise again and glory and honor. Thank you for joining us. Please feel free to share comments, prayer requests, or praise reports. Check back soon for additional episodes.